This show contains swearing and movie spoilers. This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Welcome back to Dude Looks Like the 80s. I'm your host, RJ McCready. And for this episode, I'm going to be taking you guys back to, again, 1984 from the last episode. And this time we're going to be looking at the sci-fi movie, The Last Starfighter. And I'll be joined again by Gary Hill. Gary, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm here, man. Hanging out in Rylos <laughs> with, with all the good people, you know, with the, oh, the, the bowling cuts and stuff. <laughs> Playing arcade games and saving the galaxy, eh? Oh, just just like you want to, man, you know? That's, <laughs> that's living the dream, man. It is, man. Yeah, I need to go back to those times, though. Mm-hmm. So, Gary, what we're going to do is we'll get straight into this because there's a lot of greatness to this movie, lots to talk about. So what we're going to do is I'm going to play a trailer and we'll be right back. Come on, Alex, they're here! Alex Rogan had a dream. You really are leaving here, aren't you? To be as far away from here as possible. You get your chance. When it comes, you gotta grab it with both hands. It started with a game. You gonna bust the record. But it wasn't just any game. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sur and the Kodan Armada. And then, one night... Centauri's the name. We have to talk about a matter of utmost importance. Step into my office. I've seen him come and I've seen him go, but you're the best, my boy. Light years ahead of the competition. 
day. Alex didn't find his dream. by the Starling to, to defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. Of all the life forms on all the planets in all the galaxies. Oh my God! One has been chosen. Alex Rogan. Alex? I'm Alex. Is the last starfighter. For every Earthling who's ever imagined traveling beyond the stars. Maybe there is a starfighter left. I love you, Alex Rogan. Comes the unforgettable story of one who made it. <laughs> the last starfighter. And there's a trader, guys. Good old trader voice guy. Right, so the synopsis for this film is a video game expert, Alex Rogan, finds himself transported to another planet after conquering the last Starfighter video game, only to find out it was just a test. He was recruited to join the team of best Starfighters to defend their world from attack. It was directed by Nick Castle. Nick Castle, Gary. Directed by Michael Myers. How about that? Eh? That's pretty cool. He, he's done. He's done some flicks that. Uh, yeah, he's done some flicks I've watched. I just can't name them right now. He's written some stuff too. Yeah, he's. Um, he wrote the screenplay for Escape, Escape from New York for um, John Carpenter. Um, he also made a film called The Boy Who Could Fly. Oh, that's I a depressing picture. Made, Right. Okay. Let's not bring that into it. But no, that's one no, of these it's, films it's, he made. It's, yeah. a, it's a good film, but it, 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 I remember watching it as an adult. I was like, we liked this when I was a kid. It's so depressing, you know, in parts. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never actually seen it. I remember it um, coming out in the video store back in the day, but it's, I never watched it. I it's never good. Even... It's just that the, the story's kind of tragic in the movie. You know? Oh, okay. Right. I'd, yeah. I'd, maybe I should check that out one day. Um, Nick Cast, what else have we got to mention? He was in the Coupe de Ville's as well, wasn't he? Yes, um, he was. Which was pretty cool. Who was the other guy? So you had John Carpenter, John Carpenter Nick Castle, Nick and, Castle and uh, Al Alan Howarth, I think, was the third guy. Alan Howarth, yeah, that was it. They, you know what? I, I know it's a little bit of a segue here, but you know, it was like Big Trouble in Little China. They they did the end credits song, isn't it? You know, like they've, yes. they've directed it, they've written it, and they've gone. Run Hell, into the it. burning blade. Good stuff, man. Run into the burning <laughs> so I can't, I can't hit the high notes, man, like they do, man, but here we are. <laughs> Big trouble. But my, oh, my, teacher man, said I I was, my teacher said I was a natural bass, so I can't hit those Frankie Valley high notes. I can't do it, you know. 
Oh man, my, just... my, my little my little guinea heart is broken. I can't do the Frankie Valley high notes. Oh. <laughs> no, neither can I. I'm sitting on got tight underpants on today, Gary. Oh yeah, sitting on this chair, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I missed that in a way with directors. I would be very happy if I walked out of the cinema and the end credits was the director singing his own song to the movie. Man, that's just, yeah, that would just be awesome. That's what you want, man. That's what the 80s is all about. You know, songs that explain the whole plot of the movie. You, you want yeah. that in your life, you know. The <laughs> Mo- Monster, <laughs> Monster Squad had it. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Ninja Turtles, I think it was 1990, but they had an epic... Let's tell the whole story of the movie in a song, end song to it, and uh... It's T-U-R-T-L-E pal, wasn't yes, it? Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, the half shell of the heroes for. <laughs> oh, I remember the video. That's amazing. I I think we spent the whole early 90s, our introduction to the 90s with the Turtles, wasn't it? I think we spent the whole year talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm still the... talking about them, man. It's, it's good stuff. It's just good Oh my god. Yeah, that was a good that was a good crossover. We went from Batman, the Tim Burton Batman, straight into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that was like a, it was almost like the nineties and the eighties game. On a good day, I like one over the other one. I'm not going to say which one it is. I'm not any controversy on the dude looks like the eighties program here, but uh, no, you know, Gary, no, <laughs> we're open to that, man. Don't worry about that, it. That might start a fight amongst geeks. Say that you know you like one over the other one. I don't want to do that, but uh. Well, I can only guess that you just might like a guy in a tight suit, perhaps. I don't know. I'm just having a guess. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a good day. Not a good day. You know, it's, 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 uh... yeah. I don't know. I can't explain that. My urges. Go for it, man. Last Starfighter. Go for it, man. Well, yeah, I guess so. We've gone on a, a massive segue from the, uh, <laughs> the last Starfighter. It's all about so tangents, all... y'all. Tangents. It's all well, good. Yeah. This is what happens, and this is what the 80s does to you. <laughs> Okay, so let's have a look here. I've forgotten what film we were reviewing. Yeah, Lost of Fire. So um, it's funny you said, actually, about the boy who could fly. I'm just saying, with this film, I watched it the other day. I haven't actually watched it for a long time. Um, But I kind of got the trailer park thing at the beginning, whereas when I was a kid, I kind of overlooked all that because I was thinking I want to get straight on to the, the action but when I watched it the other day, I thought, hey, it's actually about a story about a guy who's a little bit down on his luck. He doesn't think he's going to go anywhere, and then he becomes this hero. So well, I, I got to ask, do they have trailer parks in, in, in uh, London in the UK? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I was we, just curious, we have those you know, over here, yeah. they're, they're everywhere around here, so like, I, I can relate to uh, right. the, the trailer park loser. As, as a, he's, he's kind of a dick, too, so you don't feel too bad for him. But continue, <laughs> you know. Well, no, I mean, it, it's... Uh, no, I'd, it's... I guess in some ways it's something I could relate to. So um, it, it kind of reminded me of me in a little way when I was a kid, if you know what I mean. You know, you don't have to live in a trailer park to feel like you're that sort of character, if you know what yeah. I mean. So um, I think what I like about these films is they've got they've got a little bit of a hidden message to say that you can be a hero. It doesn't matter where you come from. So I kind of, I kind of like that. It's it's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. So Nick Castle's directed the movie. Um, who else have we got here? There's some other trivia that I've got here. Hang on a second. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, Catherine, Mary, Catherine, Mary Stewart plays Maggie. Speaking of um, underpants getting tight right there, man. You know. 
<laughs> still very beautiful too. I I got to meet her one time and oh, did you? still very beautiful. Oh wow. That's oh that's you are a legendary character. There, right there, man. I've, I've, met, I've met too many people. That's my problem. I know you have. Every time I look on Facebook, <laughs> there's Gary meeting somewhere. It's like Um She was in Night of the Comet. That's what I was gonna say. Um, not the comic movie she was in, wasn't she? I think that was either before or after this. Um, Dan Ho Hillary as well as Greg. Yes. Yeah. I only oh, realised this recently boy. that he was the guy from Robocop. Yeah, he's old the, man the, Robocop and, uh, yeah. of course, uh, the great Colonel Cochran in uh, Halloween 3. So yes. You only know him as bad guys, but here he is as like, this jolly alien who's going to help Alex go destroy the Conan Armada, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have put the two together more, I'm honest with you. I mean, I'd yeah, the well, jolly you, old. You, you wouldn't because he, he plays bad guys and everything else except for this yeah. movie. And the other thing is with that is that he's this is the other Halloween connection, isn't it? So you got um, Nick Castle, who plays obviously Michael Myers, Dano uh, Hillary, who's in season of The Witch, but then you also got Lance Guest, who was in um, Halloween too. Yes, he was played one of the. I don't know, nurses or something like that. So, yeah, there's a big Halloween connection with this movie. There's so many, like you say, tangents with these movies. Um, it was made for $15 million, so it had quite a good budget. And it was um, it was a success at the time. $28 million it made at the um, box office, so it did pretty good. Um, also, there's... Oh, yeah, this was the other thing I was going to mention, just whilst we're on this. Have you ever heard of an arcade game called Polybus? Is that sort of thing? Not me, I've heard before. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't exist. It was something that was kicking round around about this time. I think you're right about 1982 or something. This arcade game turned up and it caused people to sort of trip out and have nightmares. And it's, it's a little bit out there. It's a little bit of a sort of conspiracy, but it's supposed to be connected with the men in black and all that sort of stuff so and it still continues today as a little bit of an urban myth so yeah check it out it's on the internet so a little yeah. bit of trivia for this movie check it out. also um atari produced a arcade game apparently they only made one and they never distributed it up until recently i think people have done their own stuff with it but um that would have been pretty cool i think they'd probably be quite expensive now those were kicking around yeah so, yeah, you know I mean, um, so yeah, that's pretty much. Oh, Excalibur as well. I've got here. It's kind of based on the Excalibur myth with the guy who pulls the sword out of the stone and all that. Yeah, they, they mentioned that. You know, when um, we'll, we'll get to it when he gets picked yeah. up by uh, one of the greatest song and dance men's ever. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> There's also I'm, I'm I've got it all down here. I'll mention it now. There's a bit later on where he's got like a translator chip. And one of the aliens puts it on his collar. Yeah. And she's got the sexiest voice in the world, by the way. We'll get to that later on. And the little circuit board for that is off a digital watch. So, come off a calculated watch or something like that. So, uh, that's the trivia for the movie. So, let's have a look at the review. So, it starts off with the Trader Park and Alex Rogan. Um, and there's a sign. Was it Starlight, Starbright? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. 
kind of reminded me of the Madonna song, wasn't it? Yeah, the l- lucky, lucky star. star yes. Yeah, you could be my lucky star. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's lo- he's looking into the sky for dreams. All it's all symbolism, people. You know. It's yeah. Like... And it made me laugh because I think this is a bit where he's, you know, he's talking about going to college and he wants to make something of his life, and then yeah. his friends turn up with Maggie and they're all like, "Hey, let's go and get drunk. Let's go to the cinema." And like he goes, "Hey, I want to do something in my life." And I was watching it thinking. No, no, actually, let's, Alex, go do that, man. That sounds pretty cool. Let's go. Let's go get some chow and tip over a cow. Let's do this, man. <laughs> no, nah, I'm making fun of Southern people. That's not right. But uh, that's uh, that, that's the yeah, way he talks. Like, like they're like they're a bunch of freaking chow ch- chewing uh, yeah. yokels. He's like, he's probably raped her sisters or something. Like, yeah, that's, oh, God, that's not correct. Not. No, they're talking about it. Like, he's thinking like that. You know, he's kind of a dick, and I'll explain why. Because I didn't notice until until this time around. You know, watching it. Then he wants to go to school, and then he gets rejected for the loan, and then he goes into like bitch mode, like Luke Skywalker yeah. in that first Star yeah. Wars movie. Yeah, you, you can go I'm... to the you can go to the academy next year, Luke. God damn it! You know, <laughs> just being a bitch. You know, <laughs> and he is like that throughout the movie as well, isn't he? At some points, you know what I mean? Even when he's in the starfire, you think, mate, you're in the starfire. You're gonna sit. He's going, nah, I don't want to do this. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> He's too good for City College and your fucking Starfighter, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go stick that Starfighter up your ass, Greg. I don't want to go to City College. <laughs> I, I can see you know, the whole fact that I, I don't want to die kind of deal, you know? But, uh, yeah. yeah. They brought him all that way. Come on now, RJ. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing with this movie is he's a bit of Alex Rogan that does need to grow up, and in the end he does, doesn't he? So it's it's kind of him finding himself. Um, so he's yeah he's ditched the night out, and then he goes to the arcade machine, and I've got a little clip here of the arcade. It's pretty cool. Reading Starfighter, you have been recruited by the Star League. To defend the frontier against Sewer and the Kodan Armada. Get ready? Prepare for blast off. So there you go, you got the introduction of the is it the Star League to fight Kodan or Zur and the Kodan Armada. That's pretty cool. And the like I say, the effects on this arcade are pretty cool, man. I mean if I could have had one of those back in the day, um, it was just just a really cool, cool pillar kit. And then obviously he wins the game and everybody comes out, don't they? It's like a massive event, isn't it? So Well they're um, they are in a trailer park, you know, where dreams are lost immediately. All they have to look forward to is this guy winning this freaking video game. And it's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm just thinking like Alex Rogan does and you know it's, it's uh Yeah. Well, all I have is my hand in this video game. For, forget this girl. That, forget this girl that's pining for me all day long. You know. <laughs> I thought there was. I thought one point Granny was going to come out of a little Granny was going to come out of a double barrel shotgun, pointing at him. You better Good win day, that man. game, son. <laughs> better win that game, son. You don't. You don't want my granddaughter. You know, because she. She is. She's trying to get with him like the whole movie. Oh and yeah. I, I, I would not. Well. The the, the, the the country girl pigtails came later, but, you know, that's my favorite uh, Catherine Mary Stewart look in this movie. Yeah. Is the country girl pigtails. But uh, he was a robot by then because he gets replaced <laughs> by one that, yeah, had, that, that it, has it, more personality than Alex Rogan ever had. 
But uh, I'm a bit of um, trivia there with that because the was it the beta unit, isn't it? Yeah, the beta um, unit. Yeah. That wasn't supposed to have as much screen time as it did. It was only like just turn up. That was it. Show a little clip of it. Um, but then the audience were like impressed with it, so they went back and shot some more. But by that time, Lance Guest had cut all his hair off. So <laughs> he's had to wear a wig. Back, back to Halloween yeah. tour again with Jamie yeah, exactly, Lee Curtis yeah. in a hideous this wig, you know. <laughs> there we go. I'll just take that off on the left. There we go. Number four for a Halloween it's, movie. There it's, you go. Kind, it's kind of like full circle. She wears a hideous wig. Now he wears a hideous wig. See? There yeah. you go. Maybe he got a little jealous. Maybe he thought, no, I'm going to do that in the next movie. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit of trivia there. Also, Granny, the, um, she was in a Star Trek episode as well um, back in the 60s. She played an alien. Um, just for a little bit of trivia, I'll just throw that out there. So, um, I'm dowsing this movie. I am dowsing this with trivia, man. Gotcha. So, he wins the game, finds out he can't go to college. And then, as you mentioned earlier, Catherine's trying to sort of hit on him and give him a kiss, and all of a sudden, old uh, Centauri turns up, doesn't he? And he's uh, kind of like modified DeLorean. Yep. Played by the the music man himself, Robert Preston, you know. Yeah. I've loved the music man. I've I've loved song and dance men since I was a very little boy. Right. When I saw the music man when I was younger, much, much younger than when I saw this movie, my grandmother would show me all these movies and... I, I, I still love it to this day, to put it that way. So when he shows up on screen, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be good. Because, you know, it's, yeah. the, it's the music man, so I'm all over it. Yeah, for me, along with the grid character and him, he kind of brings a lot of heart and soul to the movie. Mm-hmm. He, he, I could listen to him, his voice, you know, tell a story all day long. Do you know what I mean? A very sort of convi- got a lot of conviction in his voice, doesn't he, when he talks. So he could he, he could sell anything to me, I think, oh, yeah. <laughs> that voice, you know. Um, so yeah so that happens and he goes to is it Rylos yeah Rylos where he meet where he finds out that they're under attack by Zur who's got daddy issues or something like that and he's kind of teamed up with the Kodan Armada and when I was watching this film no one actually likes him do they the bad guy in this film I don't even think the Kodans like him do they just like putting up with his shit he's kind of like a you know, a defector, I guess maybe they don't like him because of that, but the, maybe the Codan don't like him because he's, he's a real pompous ass. You know, <laughs> I mean, they're all, they all have weird haircuts in this movie. The, the whole, the whole Rylos, everybody that's in charge basically, because they're all <laughs> like bald up top, but they have like that, that, that hair all around. I don't know how to explain it, but it, it, it's, yeah, it's like in space, no one can hear the razor blade coming. They they shaved their heads in a weird way. And, uh, yeah, that's a good way to explain it, man. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing myself. Um, I've actually got a little clip here. I'll play this clip. Up to your old Excalibur tricks again, eh, Centauri? Did it ever occur to you that it's against the law to recruit from worlds outside the Star League? Earth's in danger too, isn't it? And no, I did not use the Excalibur test. It was called a video game. But what's all the brouhaha? After all, he does have the gift. He could be the greatest starfighter ever. That was a game, Centauri. A game? <laughs> you may have thought it was a game, but it was also a test. Aha! 
a test sent out across the universe to find those with the gift to be starfighters. So, yeah, so Alex is kind of walking around, uh, finding out about Star League and the gun stars, meets Greg. And then uh, you've got another sort of fucked up scene here. I thought when I watched it as a kid, it's like a Zer turns up on the sort of hologram, which is pretty cool. And he kind of gives you the sort of basis of what he's doing. Hear me, Rylands. When the green moon of Galan is eclipsed, Kodan Armada will invade. And not even your mighty starfighters will be able to save you. We shall see, Zor. We shall see. <laughs> and then there's a bit where he says, oh, I've caught your spy. And you've got this dude who's getting his head sort of blown off with a laser beam, you know? And I was thinking, whoa, holy shit, man. <laughs> it doesn't look like it would hurt, but you could tell the guy was in a lot of pain. And you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, my laser that doesn't penetrate your head if I scramble his brains or something, you know? Man. So, yeah, right away, when I watched that... Um, and Rick mentioned this the other day when I listened to one of, I think he was on Witch versus the Doomsday Clock. He made quite a good point between them, saying that the bad guys in the 80s were pretty bad with scenes like this. Do you know what I mean? You don't necessarily see stuff like this now, especially sort of, sort of PG. But when I watched this the other day, I thought, yeah, it kind of really builds that sort of menace. You know, you think, no, you want the good guys to take these guys on now because they're doing shit like this. So. Um, yeah, it really does sort of build it up. And then at this point, Alex goes, nah, I don't want to get involved with this. I want to go back to Earth, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he just throws his towel in, doesn't he? So, well, I, think, I think it's the fact that, you know, the, he sees that it's all real. It's almost like in, this film came much later, but and I think it's a superior film, but not that I don't like this film. But Galaxy Quest, you know, when the whole crew... <laughs> actually goes into space and sees they put all the stuff together and there's, there's a real threat <laughs> like they want to fucking bounce and yeah. he sees there's a real threat so he wants to bounce it's no longer a game so it's yeah, like uh, I'm out you know yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you know it's like it's only a couple of hours ago I was tearing up my letter to say I didn't make it into City College and now I'm in space Trying to defend like, the fucking oh, Star like, League against Zero. I got, a, go I got some septic I got to dig later on, and I got to <laughs> yeah. fix this lady's electricity, so I'm going to go. You know. Yeah, he was he was almost having a bit of an ash out of the evil dead moment. Oh, oh guys, yeah, it's all right. It's, I'll leave it to it. Okay? I want to go back now. <laughs> yeah, so many of them at that moment. They're all they're all they're always pretty magical, and I appreciate yeah. that. So, so it goes back to Earth. Um, and then this is where you meet it's another cool part of the film and this could have been its own movie actually with the bounty hunter dude guy with a sort of oh, yeah, they're, they're great the whole, the whole time you know they're chasing the beta on her thinking that it's Alex is pretty great you know yeah it's, I it's thought... the, same, the same bounty hunters right yeah that was it yeah yeah, yeah there's a pretty cool scene there where he turns up he's obviously mimicked um, a human, and then when he looks into the arcade, his face gets transformed. I wasn't really sure what was going on there, but that was a pretty cool scene. So, um, that could have been its own movie, in a, in a, a way. A um, scene that, that I seen, notice this time around how gross it looked because I you can watch it in HD now, it's it's like much oh, yeah. worse now. Is like 
when beta happens, you know, he, he, he has he has to like like grow into his skin, I guess, because yeah, uh, um, oh, good old Catherine Mary Stewart comes in with her her country girl braids, which I think is adorable, and the, the brother with all of his beat off material, the little brother who I loved it. Yeah, he just oh, has yeah. like mountains of porn in his bedroom. I'm like, what is he doing with this? His balls barely dropped, maybe. Who knows? But, uh, but he's like. What's 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 like, what's wrong with him? He's like laying there in the bed with a blanket over him. Beta is, and he's like, I don't know. He's been up all night moaning. I was like, is he thinking about you, maybe? But no, that's what she's thinking. But he's growing, and his skin is literally growing, like he's some yeah. kind of replicant or something. But it, it's he's been up all night moaning though. It's like thinking about that June Playboy there, boy. Come on now. He's. He doesn't want, uh, you know, doesn't want. No, make you go out of the room, have a little bit of time to myself here, man. <laughs> the, the little brother's not into the real sleazy stuff. He likes to keep it classy. He likes to read the articles in the Playboy, and you know, and uh, yeah, no, I've no, got no, to no, mention him actually. He's he is the cool little brother, isn't it? Because yeah. no, no jugs magazine for this little boy. No way. Yeah, you know? they they just don't hold back, do they? In this film, it's like. Uh, was it Louis? Lewis, his name, and he looks out yes. the window, he sees Alex kissing Maggie, and he goes. Ah, oh, diarrhea, man. <laughs> so that's not the airbr- a, Those cool. aren't the airbrush tits that I'm used to. Come on now, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going back to those porn mags. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, going back to Zer and the Kodan Armada. So Alex realizes he's got his bounty hunters on his ass, so he's trying to sort of touch this, was it like a sort of gadget for his second chance? Centuri turns up in the um, car, but then the bounty hunter shoots him, and he's dying, but he manages to get Alex back. But at this point, um, Zura has blown up the um, Star League's command centre because they've got like an imposter and all that. And this is where we find out there's only one Starfighter which lives up to this movie's title. And Obviously, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've got... Um, a uh, scene here where Grig goes over the um, gunstar. Pretty cool scene. Is this my gunstar? This is a prototype, different from the other ships. She has greater range, more power, and a slight weapons modification. And of course, she's got deflective plating, so she can withstand several direct hits. <laughs> This is where I navigate the ship, maintain life support and propulsion systems. Okay, so what do I see? Way up there, in the gunnery chair. So there you go, and Alex gets his first sort of experience of flying in the um, Starfighter. And the effects in this are pretty cool, aren't they? Um, I don't know what you thought, Gary. What yeah, was they're, your... they're, they're, they're decent. You know, they're kind of... I don't want to say leftover from Tron, but they definitely had. They definitely did them on a budget. But they, they, look, hmm. they look very clean, as far as like even watching them in HD. They look very clean. Yeah, the spaceship's going, you know, but you could tell that it was all done on the cheap, but it doesn't look crappy, and I'll give it that. 
Well, I was thinking, I guess it's... Uh, when I look at it now, it's almost like he has gone into the arcade. Um, a bit like like you say with Tron, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like they were going for that. So I think they hold up pretty good. And I'm pretty sure at the time, they're probably quite difficult. That's probably quite difficult to put together with the 1984 technology. Or probably even going back a bit further than 1983, sort of putting it into development. But um, yes, yeah, it's all pretty good. So Alex gets his first um, attack with one of the Kodan scout ships. And I've got a clip, another clip here, actually. Let me play that. And the, the other thing I like about it is the sounds of this movie as well. The sort of the way the sort of gun stars moving forward and the sounds of the sort of lasers and all that. All pretty cool. And again, he, he's still at this point in the movie where he's still unsure what he really wants to do. He gets to the end of it and then he says, "No, I don't. I don't think I want to be a starfighter." And then Greg says, "You know, I'll take you back home." Uh, sort of has another touch of the seconds. Um, but then he he changes his mind, and then they decide to do a was it like a there's a tactic where they hide, do a bit of a hide and seek. They'll let the armada fly over while they're hiding in like a like an asteroid or something like that. And they blow up the main ship, and then Zur gets away, and the dude was it the Kodan dude with a little bit of a sort of orange glass that goes over his head sort of says oh you know what we're going to do now and he goes oh we'll die um, but then you've got this bit with the death blossom can I do it? easy easy wait till they're all in death blossom rage which is pretty cool, isn't it? Where they sort of press this red button and then all the sort of lasers come out and yeah, destroy around. everything. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Pretty dope, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that's pretty much it in the movie, isn't it? Really, they sort of save Rylos and Alex becomes a hero and um, everybody on, on Rylos is sort of cheering for Alex and uh, he saves the galaxy. So the plot sort of runs at quite a sort of quick pace, doesn't it? It doesn't really sort of hang about anyway well, once it gets really. going. I think the comedy bits with with Beta, you know, not really holding up, but it kind of shows you what what's going on on Earth or whatnot. But that that's it's not necessarily necessary to the plot. It's just the the reason why they keep him there is to keep it keep his uh, 
the secret that he's still he he's still down on Earth, but he's really not. And I guess that was necessary. But um, yeah, you got some yeah. funny bits in there. And like I say, looking at the looking on the net on the trivia, that actually the audience enjoyed that part of the movie, which is why they they added it in well, it's later a, it's, on. It's an eighties movie. I, mean, they, I heard they had a little bit of it in there, but they added a lot more of it in there. Yeah, because the, it it tested well with the audiences and yeah. And the um, forgot to mention all the um, costume design in this is pretty pretty smart, it's pretty good. Um, and the uh, was it like the synthetic effects, all the sort of face alien faces and things like that? They put together all the sort of practical effects. I must have spent a long time on that. Uh, also, the I think they had one of the set designers from Alien. Um, help out with this movie as well um, as another bit of trivia so this this film is just loaded with um, branches onto other movies but I, I guess back then everybody just chipped in and helped out didn't they probably even jumped from other sets or whatever oh yeah somebody's um, on loan from somebody else you know yeah <laughs> so that's it is there anything you want to talk about with the last old fight Gary uh, uh, I had to mention, you know, the great scores of the movie. I guess Craig, Craig Safan did the score for this one, and uh, it really adds something to it, and I, I, I appreciate that. Um, your, your leads did pretty good. You know, they, they had some great comedic timing with each other, and they worked well together, and Catherine Mary Stewart's never a bad thing in anything, you know. She did a great film I love called Dudes with her, her, him and her and John Cryer. Uh, oh punk, yeah, I think it's like that. a punk rock western. It's, it's a lot of fun. That does ring a bell, actually. Yeah. Yeah, everyone uh, mentioned, you know, and it's it's classic. I mean, if you haven't haven't seen the movie, um, you're listening to a show called Dude Looks Like the '80s. Uh, this is this is pretty pretty standard stuff to to watch it for the '80s and uh, good stuff. Yeah, as you mentioned, I've got to mention uh, Craig Saffron who does the uh, music for this movie, and he is badass isn't it you know it, it really um i've got it i've got the soundtrack on my phone and it's just so uplifting mm-hmm. i um i play it when i'm driving my car and i feel like i'm in a gun store <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just um and that's what i like about the music in the 80s i've said there's a whole ton on my show before in the past but i cannot um i can't sort of emphasize how important it is with the soundtracks even today um they're almost like another character to the movie, the soundtrack. It really does help along the way. So, like, you know, as a gun starts flying along and you've got the music, it just carries it all together. So, just amazing. Um, gotta love it. Gotta love it, man. Yeah, but, man. yeah, that's it. Uh, that's the last Starfighter. Yeah, like, like you say, if you haven't checked it out, go go watch it. It's, um, it's a fun movie. It's uh, pure escapism. Um, so yeah, that's it, guys. Hopefully, you, hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I will be returning soon. My next episode is actually going to be Clue from 1985. I'll give that that film um, some love. Always a winner. Uh, Always a winner. Oh, Gary, I tell you, it's. I think they're actually. Um, someone was telling me. I didn't realise there's a new film out called Knives Out at the cinema. I kind of. Someone was telling me that it's kind of a remake of Clue or something, but 
I don't. It, it, I don't think it, it the does movie seem needs like a, like like a whodunit kind of deal like that, but it's not. Yeah. It's not the same thing. I'm sure. Oh, uh, um, clues just lying in in a bottle. I don't know anybody that doesn't like that film. It's just. It just. It's got it's got its own charm, isn't it? You know, just oh, yeah. so many, so many, and uh, yeah, that's got a little bit. That's got quite a bit of trivia to it as well. So <laughs> I, will, I will save that for the next episode. So yes. um, thanks, Gary. Thank you for joining me with these um, two episodes. It's always good to have you on the show, mate. And um, any time you want to step on board in the future, just let me know. I will put the shows on Facebook and. Just tap me up and say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll join you for that one. That's not a problem at all. Cool. Yeah. Have you got anything? Um, have you got anything new that's coming up? Um, just the Cinebeef podcast and yeah, it's in Beef, uh, Yeah. We haven't recorded many things because I've. If you, you guys didn't know, we lost a, uh, we lost um a family member amongst us and uh, in, in our ranks, uh, Iris's son. Sadly passed away. You never want to lose a son, but it's a very hard time for her, so she'll be off the show for a while. Oh, sorry to hear that. I didn't realize that. Yeah, oh. it's bad. It's bad news, man. And uh, we're we're right. gonna record less beef. I'm gonna record some beef every other week, and I'm gonna fill it up with uh some other stuff, including two different commentaries. Yeah. And um, I'm a I'm a start. We have been doing this in a while. The Burning for Springwood, the Freddy's Nightmares uh, retrospective we've been doing, and I yeah. remember we've been doing one of those in a while, and then I'm doing this little thing where I do mini episodes of films that I just watched and review them right away, like 30 minutes after I watch them, called Guttural Reactions. Yeah. And I've been trying to pick some movies that we wouldn't normally do on the show, they just look insane, and uh, I think I found a couple of gems to do so far, and I, it might be a lot of like new stuff mixed with some old stuff, and... This would be a fun way for um, you legionnaires, you listeners, and you podcasters to uh, get involved. And you guys can, can make your own gutter reaction uh, audio <laughs> clips, and I will gladly play them on the show. Because yeah, that's fine, everybody, everybody reacts to things different ways, and I think it would be a fun opportunity for people to get their feet wet and you know get more content out there for everybody to listen to. So we'll talk about that later on. Yeah, it's great stuff, Gary. Yeah, because I, I am... I am a listener myself, mate. If you know what I mean, <laughs> that's how I started out. I appreciate that. And all of a sudden, I picked up place, you know. And, and, and then one more thing: uh, Fleas and Flicks charity auction is coming yes, of up. Yes, course, yeah. Uh, second weekend of December. Um, it's charity auction for the for the local no kill animal shelter. Right. And uh, a lot of it is is autographed items from different people. Some stuff from the eighties people. I just got stuff back from William Atherton. He made up from Ghostbusters and Die Hard. And yeah, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, I saw that stuff. post actually. Yeah, that's right. One of the big showcase items, I guess, this time around is uh, I got a, a poster, an original Night of the Creeps poster signed oh, by, wow. most, by most of the cast. So that'll be a, a hot item for you guys to to get up, including the, the great Tom Atkins, of course. Tom Atkins, fucking hell, man! That, that guy can do anything, can't he? Really? <laughs> yeah. It was a fun sexiest, sexiest man in Hollywood. <laughs> I, I had little kids with me, and then uh, they got to talk about monster movies with Fred Decker. So that was a, it was. I don't know if it was a milestone for them. But it was fun. It was fun to listen to Fred Decker talk about monster movies oh, with little man. kids, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, as you said, with Night of the Creeps, I remember watching that for the first time. The only way you get introduced to the main hero of that movie is him sat on a beach being fed cocktails by two beautiful women wearing sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. The thing it's I got to just... mention is that this is uh, an online auction. 
you go to the Facebook event page, Fleas and Flicks Charity Auction. I think it says 2019. Yeah. You'll see uh you'll see the the, um, the dogs from Isle of Dogs on the banner, and uh, which is a film I love. And um, yeah. you'll see that there. You could as I load the, the items into up for, up for bids. You guys can bid on them, and it's international. So if you live in Scotland or London or God forbid Australia, if you live that far away, we do have Australian right. podcasters. Yeah, as yeah, long as yeah. you help me with the shipping a little bit, we can make it happen with the shipping for you. So because yeah. it's a worldwide thing, so come come check it out. Maybe you could surprise your loved one with something neat. Yeah, uh, no, cheers, Gary. Yeah, okay, that's that's some great stuff, man. So I say, anybody listening to the show, you want to check that out? Have a look on have a look on Gary's page um, and go and have a look. So yeah, thanks, Gary. Like I say, thanks for coming on the show. Um, and like I say, I hope you enjoyed the episode, guys. And as always, I'll close the show with a song from the movie, and it's the end credits to The Last Starfighter. So I will see you guys soon. Take care.